Hi everybody, we're two girls, we're bored, and this is Suddenly Grown. We're in our last year of college, so if you're in your early 20s, finishing high school, or in college and you just want to vibe, stick around. However, if you're also significantly older and you want to get into the minds of some 20-year-old women, but in a non-creepy way, come ahead and join us. Thank you for coming and joining and listening to our podcast this week. I think today we're going to talk a little bit about something that all immigrant daughters dread. Um... Absolutely. The topic of marriage. Yeah. (laughs) We're the both of us are what? Like we're both twenty one and at least I've my mother's been talking to me about marriage for like a long time. And it's always mostly been like, Your husband will return you, you're not fit for getting married, you're too stubborn. But I feel like now that a lot of our friends are getting married and we're just seeing a lot of like our cousins and people around us getting married, it's becoming real, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I would say for me, it's not like my parents are sitting there talking about my marriage, you know? It's about the the prerequisites for marriage. It's about getting prepared. Of course. (laughs) Getting in that state where you're ready to be married off to someone. Marriage state of mind, I guess. Yeah. Is that that what it is? I think so. But before we get into marriage, I think it's... It's not even marriage itself. It's who we're learning this from and the relationship that we have with them. With our moms? Yeah. Yeah, our moms, yeah. You know, honestly, my mother scared the living crap out of me growing up. I don't know if this is, like, synonymous with any, like, if in brown cultures, but in black homes, and especially Africans, your mother is not your friend. My mom would be telling me all the time, I'm not your friend. If I said so, like, I remember... You know, like, when I was in high school, I tried to joke with her a bit, and she'd be like, I'm not one of your little friends, I'm not so-and-so or so-and-so, don't talk to me that way. And I'm like, whoa, all I did was try to crack a joke with Mm -hmm. you. You don't have to go there. But, like, my mother really set clear boundaries with me when I was in, like, middle school, high school, of, like, you're not, we're not friends. Oh, absolutely. And I didn't know what to talk to my mom about. Yeah, Yeah. I think growing up, I was, (laughs) it's really interesting. So growing up, you know, Typically in brown households, the way that it works is that your mom is terrifying, right? But then your dad is supposed to be like, your mom says, oh, mm-hmm. wait till dad gets home. And your dad's supposed to be more scary. Absolutely. I was daddy's little angel, mm-hmm. at least for the f- until my sister was born. <laughs> um, I was daddy's yeah. little angel. So my mom was like really the authority, like she was the authoritative figure in my life. And mm-hmm. that's, that's how it was for like a good chunk of my childhood. Mm-hmm. It was not, mm-mm. and it's and it's weird because our I feel like our mothers had us pretty, like I don't want to say young. My mom had me when she was twenty four, and she was with my dad ever since she was nineteen. And I sometimes I I think we forget that our mothers were our age too, like like my mom was twenty one and confused at some point. I honestly, I feel like I say this every podcast. I say something that I'm embarrassed that I've never thought about, but again, this is something I'm embarrassed I never thought about. I literally never thought about the fact that my mom was 23. Like, similar to your mom, she was 23, 24 when she had me. She was around close to Mm -hmm. our age, actually, when she had me. Yeah, for real. I'm not popping out no baby right now. (laughs) She was close to my age, and I just forget that my mom was ever a teenager or in her 20s. Last week, I walk into my mom's room, and so I just watched Seinfeld during quarantine, right? My mom was watching Mm -hmm. a rerun episode of Seinfeld, and I was like, oh, like, is this just on? Or, like, did you intend to put this on? Because I was like, it's it's a good show. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I know. I watched it all when it came out. And I was like, 
Right? No, my, <laughs> my mom was like, she, so we were just like talking about clothes and stuff. And we, I don't know, we were having a random conversation. And then she was like, yeah, you know, before your dad, I, you know, talked to this dude. I was like, hello, hold up. Who? What? When and where? What do you mean? And I was like, I just realized my mom had flirt, like she flirted with people, had crushes, had people like her life was not all about like my family because that's what I feel like that's what a lot of our mothers are expected to do. They're expected to make their lives all about their kids and all about their families when they have it. So I kind of forgot that my mother was a a woman that was not just mother, you know, and like that's I think in a way that's kind of what I'm afraid of becoming when I get married, I'm afraid of losing my agency as a person and just becoming a property of my children. Like, mommy. Like, when was the last time my mom heard her actual name? <laughs> oh my god, I can't. When was, I mean, maybe my mom's, my mom is the younger, the youngest of three sisters. So I think her sibling, her sisters yeah. call her by her name. But that's about it. Yeah, I mean, in my in my culture, like, as an older sister, I don't even get called by my name anymore. I get called Monge, which means elder yeah. uh, in my household. And my and my mom, because she was, like, my grandmother's only daughter, she was she's called Na. Mm-hmm. And so her she doesn't even get called by her name, by her sibling. She gets called Na. She, that's literally what they call her. And, like, my dad calls her mom. <laughs> so she doesn't hear even my grandmother calls her Na, so like nobody is actually like using mm-hmm. my mother's name. And I'm like, all right, what does that even mean to not have like your own sense of self anymore when you have children? And that's something that like I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. And like I can sympathize with my mother in that aspect. But then like as I'm sympathizing with her, two seconds later she's like, you're not gonna get married because of X Y Z and all these criteria that you you're not able to meet. Like, have you ever had that conversation oh, with your mom? Absolutely. I feel like so. Before I begin, let me tell you, like, I don't know if this is, like, a way to characterize, I I can't even find a way to characterize my relationship with my mom, except in one of my classes, we, it's an adolescent development class, and there are Mm -hmm. basically these classifications for your relationship with your family, and it is a spectrum of Mm -hmm. high warmth, low warmth, high rules and regulation, low, low rules and regulation. Someone that is Mm -hmm. high rules and regulation and low warmth is authoritarian and someone who is so our mothers wait but then someone who is high warmth and high rule and low Uh rules and regulation or no pardon i messed that up no so it's always high rules and regulation someone who's low warmth and high rules and regulation is authoritarian and then someone who is Uh high warmth and high rules and regulation Mm -hmm. they're authoritative and i feel like my mom has really towed the line between authoritarian and authoritative for the past like Mm. for the past 21 years of my life but i feel like absolutely as i've graduated (laughs) from high school like my relationship with my mom has become closer to one of that of equals Mm -hmm. i mean obviously not completely like she now she now slightly considers my opinions yeah so that's a, that's a plus. Like sometimes I she'll do refer, do like she'll think of me when there's a decision to be made, and I'm like, I mean, obviously my opinion will oh. be taken into consideration, but like, 
Oh, absolutely not. I'll be in the room. Like, you thought that I was a person, <laughs> and you actually referred to me. No, dude, you, I don't. I think you remember this. When we were in high school, and we needed to go somewhere, right? You needed. I needed to let my mom know, like, five business days in oh, advance. Oh, absolutely. That's even a lie. I had to let my mom know two weeks in advance and that something was coming up. And then remind her leading up to it. L- remind her. Exactly. Because if I just told her five days, it'd be like, you know, we don't have time for this. And I'd have to remind her in like the sublet, sub, like subtle ways, because if she was busy, she'd be like, why are you mm-hmm. disrespecting me? So it'd be like, okay, all I want to do is go to the park for two hours. It's two minutes from house, from my home. But I need to let you know, because I'm your property, you know, and like, it's, it's, it's interesting how like now, all of that, it went from, like, and I think a lot of that, honestly, was the fear of being in this country and feeling like you had to protect your daughter's, like, purity. Because I think a lot Dude, of our cultures are very this big country. on that. Yeah, I feel like, like it would have been worse our, like, had, we, had we been very... in our home countries, but yes. Oh my god, oh my god, I know that. I know that for real. But, you know, now I think about... Like, our conversations are all about marriageability, right? Like, my mom always talked to me, like, with that temper, how are you going to be with your mother-in-law? And you know how, like, my boyfriend is a different race from, like, I mean, she's always telling me that with my temper and my attitude, I won't be able to handle, like, another, like, family, regardless of where I go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you expect me to do? Sh- take my mouth and sew it shut? Like, <laughs> I know that your, your mom's always had um, conversations about marriageability with you, right? yeah from the time age i was like 17 yeah for me that's like literally a topic that was never discussed like it was like an eventual topic Mm -hmm. but i think last Mm -hmm. summer i attended i was a bridesmaid at a family friend's wedding and that was the first time like i remember we got home and mom was like you know that was a disgusting wedding your wedding's not gonna be anything like that (laughs) that was like the first time she's ever mentioned marriage and she was like oh okay so i was like okay cool like do you do you expect to have any conversation with her anytime soon regarding I that? mean, the, 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 it'll come up in subtle hints. It's like, it comes mm. up as me preparing for my life. It's not like, she doesn't explicitly exactly. say marriage, right? It's like me preparing for my life. Mm. So it's like, like the, you know, like it's like the pre, it's the training course before you get married <laughs> off. Like, you know, I got to learn how to cook. I got to know how to manage a household. Yeah. I got to know not like how to control my temper and not talk back to people. That's another one that I very frequently get. My mom's like, if you don't can't control your temper, who's going to want to hang out with you? Like who's going to want to spend their life with you? You have friends. I do have friends. That's what I, mean. I, I think, tell her, but I think if I told her that, I'd be talking back, so. Of course, of course, but uh, you're giving her lip. But you know what? Now that I think about it, I, when it comes to marriage, I don't have the greatest perspective on it. Like, it, it sounds really sad. When I was 18, I had a really good, you know, when I looked at marriage, I thought it was pretty and fun and wonderful. And then when I grew up, because, dude, I never, when I was young, I never saw my parents fight. Never. Mm-hmm. I didn't think my parents argued. I thought my parents were, like, perfect friends. They never, nothing ever happened. And then in in college, all of a sudden, I'm like, well, y'all have problems. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. And I realized that the person, the reason I didn't, my parents didn't seem like they had any issues was because my mom handled that. Yeah. It wasn't because my dad handled it. It was because my mother made it so that we never knew. Mm-hmm. And my, and she would temper herself and, fi- and like, finesse the situation. And I think that's a lot of, like, marriages that i've seen that are quote-unquote successful on the outside the woman tends to like silence herself or you know calm herself and not really express what she's really feeling in order to keep the marriage working because you know divorce is so shameful 
in our cultures. But I was wondering if you like if that's something that you've seen in like brown marriages or heard of in brown marriages. Absolutely. I think within brown marriages, it's one of those things where like one of the things that I always grew up it's something that I reject again, similar to you, marriage isn't something that was on my radar. It was just something that was an eventual thing that was going to happen in my life maybe mm-hmm. not maybe yes check check it yeah, off yeah it's like one of those things that's on your list right and i never really thought about it i always thought similar to you i always thought my parents like i thought my parents were a freaking adorable couple and then i got to college <laughs> and realized that like yes they are adorable but they also have their things right like real life problems yeah, yeah. um and i realized that that's the truth in any relationship but I feel like one of the things that I did know, like, from a young age was it, within brown households, like, when a girl gets married to a guy, she's essentially leaving her family to go join the dude's family. Mm-hmm. She is not, like, mm-hmm. the day she gets married, if, if you see, ever see a brown wedding, when the girl is leaving, it, it's called, like, leaving, like, mm-hmm. when, she, when, the girl, when the girl and the boy are leaving the wedding venue she's usually leaving with the groom's mm-hmm. family because she is it's like her officially mm-hmm. leaving her household to go to her husband's household and her entire family mm-hmm. will be crying the girl will be crying and the dude's just standing there awkwardly oh, like dang. and literally i remember the first time i saw <laughs> that and i was like i was like i will not be crying at my wedding i was like if i shed a single tear at my wedding <laughs> yeah but how much of that is still common, though, that, like, I understand the symbolism in that, but is it still very much a thing that oh, she physically absolutely. leaves her home and, like... Absolutely. Yeah. No, you you were, you were not a part of your maiden family anymore. Like, I'll literally give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, a few... I think it was last year, there was a wedding that my aunt and uncle... Or, the, sorry, no, that my parents and my uncle were invited to and that my grandmother was invited to, right? Mm-hmm. And... My aunt didn't go to a lot of the ceremonies. Um, my dad has a brother mm-hmm. and a sister. My dad and his brother mm-hmm. um, and his sister, my, my dad and his brother live abroad. And then his sister lives in India. Mm-hmm. So they were all at their parents' house. They were being a cute little family. And my dad and my uncle attended mm-hmm. almost all the wedding ceremonies. And my aunt didn't attend. She mm-hmm. only attended the wedding. And I was like, why is that? And my mom's like, oh, well, you know, like, these are smaller ceremonies. Only close families invited. I was like... I was like, she's the same distance as her brothers. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, but she's not a part of the family anymore. She has her own family now. And I was like, what? What is that? I was like, excuse me? And I, like, that sounds so, I I don't even know when, how something like that originated, but like, I'm pretty sure a lot of couples now are probably, like, reflecting oh, on how maybe that's not and that's the best the idea. And change in generations, because literally the second I heard that, I was like, mm-hmm. so you're telling me that if we had, like, if we had, there, if there was an event that my cousins, I have two male cousins, my dad's brother's kids, <laughs> yeah, that they would be invited and that my sister and I would not because we've been married off, so we're not a part of the family anymore? And that's, like... Honestly, kind of gross. Like, I don't see that a lot in African marriages. Like, there's still a bit of that. Like, when you marry into the family, you're no longer, like, um, a part of your family. You go off and you help out. That definitely happened with my mom. 
that was different situations. Yeah. Like my parents are from two, my parents are from two different tribes, and my grandfather was not gung ho about his like daughter marrying off a poor dude from a tribe he did not like, and so that caused a lot of problems, and he disowned mm-hmm. her. You know, classic. And uh, because of that, that ended up kind of impacting. Like my mom spent a lot of her time in my dad's family, but that's not always the way that that is, you know. But something that I notice in African marriages is <sighs> rampant cheating in all Af- in just, all countries or like honestly like, Catholic, like i haven't or like i all of them it don't matter oh, okay. it does not matter the religious affiliation it doesn't i'm talking sub-saharan africa i don't know what happens in north <laughs> africa but literally and okay i'm also speak, speaking specifically like west africa because okay. i can't also speak for the rest of the west and some central africa okay. i can't speak to the rest but literally my mom would tell me that in cameroon like it is just a thing that men will have side chicks it's just a thing like you are not a man you're not a a strong man you're not considered amazing if you don't have a wife and a mistress that you're also being able to support on the side and so growing up my mom would like when she was in Cameroon my mom would be like look her her standards for men were really high and she just didn't know who she would end up with she also didn't want to end up with certain guys or certain tribes you know because of like she didn't want to end up with a guy in her tribe because of the kind of abuse mm-hmm. that women in her tribe deal with she didn't she want to end up with a dad with my dad from a different tribe because she just found them more attractive i guess but also just the way that they treat women my dad's tribe there's a bit more equality mm-hmm. in the um Beti tribe like <laughs> like okay this is just here's the comparison my mom is bamboo in her tribe women tend to you know th- not go to college marry really early and you know like for very verbally and sometimes physical abuse in those marriages in my dad's tribe the wives will beat the husbands dead ass these women are like <laughs> on another level of crazy sometimes and th- you see that as empowering but sometimes i mean there's still obviously in, in inequalities in their marriages but they're more vocal about their what they want in my dad's tribe and so my mom wanted more of that than in hers but like i talked to my friend from mali and ivory coast same situation rampant cheating and like the thing is there's also um in our countries, there's also a pretty good split of like Christianity and Islam, right? In Islam, you can have up to four wives, mm-hmm. and like legally, you know, in Cameroon and other countries as well, and that also promotes cheating at to some degree because if the person, if the husband doesn't have a conversation with his wife about, I want to get another wife, like I want to get a second wife, that can technically be a cheat, and so. It, it's a lot and I, for the longest time i was like it's not that i don't want to end up with an african dude but i'd be looking at that like mm-mm. Mm-mm. because if it's something that you grow up with you feel if you're you feel more likely to you're more likely to do it in your yeah. lifetime you know and then the guy that like my my parents were about to send me off to no they weren't gonna send me off to him but like i've gotten like two kind of marriage proposals so far one from a 50 year old and another from like the parents of someone who's like 24 and again same situation i don't want that Mm-mm. Mm-mm. except the one who's 24 I mean, actually did upset. pop up on my for you page on tiktok <laughs> i know so that scared the crap that was, out of me when i saw ooh, there i was like Ugh. i literally i saw that and i was like what and, are you doing here right but like 
apparently he's he's a nice dude now but i remember when he was young and i was like your father is also a rampant cheater so mm. okay that's not but like i have a question though because this is something that i be seeing in like brown movies and i see what's what's up with your mother-in-laws in brown dude, culture i don't know i feel like when you take a collectivist society and add patriarchy to it women mm-hmm. end up carrying the burden because you know like collectivist mm-hmm. societies it's all about family extended family like carrying on the family name yeah yeah and then you add patriarchy mm-hmm. so the burden falls on the women and then the women are miserable mm-hmm. for their lives and finally they have a son and then their son can do whatever they want but then the son gets married and then there's another woman in the house mm-hmm. yes and then she has to seek yeah. your approval but also, I feel like another stereotype is that these women, like, th- their sons are, like, the center of their universe. And the fact that there is another woman in their lives, they just can't stand mm-hmm. that. And I feel like that's actually a very common trope, like, across cultures. Like, I know there's, like, is, wasn't there that one movie with J-Lo called Monster-in-Law? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but, okay, but I know it, it's everywhere, but I've been if any like Bollywood movie I watch sometimes I'm like damn that's rough like I've seen it in like Nigerian mm-hmm. movies as well and it's like in African cultures and marriages too but bruh I feel like y'all take the cake with that nah man I <laughs> I literally do not know I it's everywhere in all mm-hmm. Indian tropes but I feel like it, it's weird because for my mom like my grandmother is a second mom for her. Mm-hmm. My grandmother isn't mm-hmm. like she doesn't fall into that mon- the, the monster and mother in law trope. <laughs> um, yeah, my gra- like my mom calls my grandmother mom, and like my mom mm-hmm. does everything for her that she would have done for her own mom. So mm-hmm. it's like it, whenever also, I would, but also does yeah, go ahead. But also, does your did your grandmother have her own life, Loki? Like, did she do stuff for herself? No. So, see, this is no. very interesting. Mm. My grandmother is actually college-educated, but she never worked. Like, her her kids were her life. Mm. But my grandmother also, or like, were, life, like yeah. my kids are my life, but I also have friends. So, she, mm-hmm. like, my grandmother loves her friends. She has parties with her friends once a month. Because I feel like it, it also comes from when you devote everything yeah. to your children, right? And then, like, you're... You, you derive your success from how well your da- your mm-hmm. daughters or your sons do because i f- definitely see that a lot like um in when i can look at my own relationship with my mother sometimes i felt like i was a measure of her success oh, absolutely like, dep- if i was educated if i whoever i end up marrying to how i marry will low-key reflect on low-key high-key high key reflect, reflect on my parents and also like at the end of the day if we're not marriageable it reflects poorly on our parents not on us like how did they how did they raise yeah. them yeah like and I, unfortunately that doesn't mean that boys get educated the same way too like i feel like young girl, girls are expected it's okay i feel like young first born daughter of immigrants we just take the cake oh. we are raised with such high expectations mm-hmm. on us and like i i'm lucky i got lucky in my household my mother raises raised us kind of equally mm-hmm. my brothers all know how to cook and 13 and 8 yeah. the 8 year old knows how to cook for himself and like if my mom is like make something for me he does that and I think it's also the way that African cultures are like 
in general, kids tend to serve parents mm-hmm. on a pretty early age. Like, you teach them how to cook really early. Um, you teach them at least how to clean and stuff. And there is a split between how you treat your boys and how you treat mm-hmm. your girls. Your boys will always have more freedom. But I've seen a little bit more egalitarian behaviors in African, like, families than I have in Indian ones, I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel like the same... Yeah. I think... Earlier in Indian culture, the same was the case. Um, it's you, you have to take care of your elders, um, except mm-hmm. like a long, I want to say like about 30, 40 years ago, probably still today in like the smaller towns and villages, children are expected mm-hmm. to start working, like doing household things from a young age. And by children, I mean women mm-hmm. or young girls. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But I feel like now as more and more people are moving towards cities in India, children are kind of just expected to study and then like kind of help around Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's still a split between girls are expected to do more than guys um i only Mm -hmm. have a sister so i can't like my sister and i do the same amount of work around the house um Mm -hmm. like i mean my sister probably cooks more than i do because she enjoys it more than i do (laughs) uh but i enjoy cleaning so i probably clean around the house more Mm -hmm. than she does And then Mm -hmm. the closest thing I could compare that to is I have two cousins. They're 10 and 13. And if we Mm -hmm. ever – or sorry, they're 14. He just turned 14 last week. If we're ever, ever, like, having a family dinner or, like, it doesn't matter whose Mm -hmm. house we're at, like, all four of us get up and we do all of the work together. Like, I'm usually Mm – usually i'm the one telling the one to do because i'm the oldest but of course we're all like oldest, it, yeah. it's not gonna be like it's not like my male cousins are like oh no like the girls will do it no they're they're sitting there loading the mm-hmm. dishwasher god no i've actually seen when I, we've gone to parties you know and also also like my parents believe in service like my dad growing up well not growing up he was very very poor and then also when he moved to the u.s he was a bus boy he worked he was like a the theater dudes you know mm-hmm. the people in the movie theater that come and clean up yeah i don't know with usher like and he worked at mcdonald's like my he knows the value of like hard work especially manual labor and so he was he's never shied away from teaching us how to do that and especially respecting people who do that type of work it's something that my parents are really big mm-hmm. on but i remember it was one time actually um that fiance dude was mm-hmm. there remember him so he we were um the party we're at a party the party's about to end and um everybody's cleaning up my dad is like you know to tell me okay you and your sister start helping like the hosts and everything and we're picking up my dad and my mom also start helping out and then my mom is literally cleaning up after this 20 something year old guy who and his mom is like go help your auntie go help clean up and he's like god not me i would never do that type of work as my mother and my father are cleaning up around him and picking up things that are at his feet and i'm like Oh, so that's how it is. That's disgusting. And I think that's like my my thing with a person I'll end up with. If the way you treat people who serve you, it's a it's a no, big no no oh, for absolutely. me. Absolutely. And like, and I I definitely saw that in the way he was raised. His sisters did everything for him. His mother did everything for him. And that just wasn't it. And like, unfortunately, I think when guys and girls are raised in like in one household they're the boys are kind of taught that they can do whatever they want when they finish high school that the world is for them mm-hmm. but i feel like 
us as young women were taught that marriage is our key to freedom like if i'm honest to this day i'm pretty sure i can't do half of the things that like my classmates can do like i've been told so many times oh my god you're um 21 why do you have to check in with your parents i'm like "Um, excuse me (laughs) daughter of an immigrant living at home please (laughs) yeah i like we can't just you and I, yes, we're quote-unquote free, but, like, you can't, we can't decide, oh, let's get an Airbnb in Portland and drive down for the weekend. Like, that's not... No. No. That's not something that could happen. I feel like, particularly, I don't want to say, like, just within my family, but this is, like, my experience. I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of things within brown culture are put off until after marriage. You're taught, like, oh do this Mm -hmm. now and then that's something you can do after you're married when you have your own life like what like Like travel on your own Mm. or i don't know the one that comes to mind is travel right now you're traveling yeah this is just like basic enjoyment basic things that like your parents is, is it because they think that you have a husband who will take care of you in that instance yeah or like someone who to pr- protect you i, I think know. it's because having someone to protect me mm-hmm. like them not having to worry about i don't know i feel like in brown culture like having a daughter um so I don't know if you know this, but like infant side, um, female infant side mm-hmm. is very, very, it used to be very high in India. Like there used to be a point where, I don't know if this is still the case, but it, there used to be like, you weren't allowed to know the sex of your child because people would find out that they're mm-hmm. having a daughter and then they would, a girl. um, uh, they'd either like have a Are legal abortion or they would like go mm-hmm. have an illegal abortion, which is a terrible, just like on a fundamental level and B it's just very unsafe for the mother. Um, and sometimes, like, families mm-hmm. would force the, the, um, their, like, uh, their family member to, like, their basically have an illegal abortion. Oh. Um, so that, Wait, like... Why is it? It's because of, like, dowr- the dowry and It's stuff? because of, like, the dowry system. Because, basically, when mm-hmm. you have a daughter, she's a burden, right? Because if you have a son, mm-hmm. A, he's, like... He's going to take care of you when you're old. He's going to, he can get, become educated. He can work. He can take care of you. But if you have a daughter, Mm -hmm. you have to worry about her purity. You have to worry about her innocence. And then you have to worry about accumulating a dowry so that you can marry her off to a good household. If you have a guy, like if you have Mm -hmm. a son, like he's just going to bring you nothing but joy and happiness and money. But this is like a very, very antiquated, like this is an incredibly antiquated notion that's tied into indian culture and the patriarchy and classism and all of that stuff but at the same time didn't doesn't this perpetuate or like lead to kind of the rape culture that we've seen in year today because we oh, don't absolutely. there aren't a lot of women in the country right yeah there's there are so many compared women. to men there are yeah. a lot of women in india but it's just not safe for women mm-hmm. in india like we talk a lot about the feminist movement in the United States, but it's just not mm-hmm. the same in India because at least in the United mm-hmm. States, there's there's some degree of equality between men and women, and that's just not the case mm-hmm. in India. And one of the reasons for that is because it's cultural. It's okay. The politicians say it's okay. Religion says it's okay for women to be treated mm-hmm. inferior. Or even if religion says that they have mm-hmm. to be treated equally, it says that they have to be treated differently and that difference like mm-hmm. th- that difference it allows for the inequality. abuse yeah allows yeah 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 damn because i remember you were telling me about like acid attacks 
Mm-hmm. But the other day, and I was like, I did not even know that existed or that was a thing. And like, even in TikTok, I've been um, a lot of the brown TikTokers I follow talk a lot about like the sexual assault mm-hmm. in Pakistan and in India too. And and I'm like, it, it's not like it doesn't happen here, but the way to describe these, these sounds so public, gruesome, and just like way worse than what we see here. Yeah, I feel like it's just, it's it's what happens when a culture allows for something like this. Like, I feel like for the most part, mm-hmm. d- d- treating a, like, if you were to go find, like, any average American household, theoretically, treating a girl, like, dissimilar to how you would treat a guy, like, that wouldn't be okay. But mm-hmm. in India, it's considered a value right it's a value to treat mm-hmm. them differently it, it's not necessarily like in their minds it's not necessarily inequal it's just different but that in, that that difference like allows for inequality separate but equal mm-hmm. where have i heard that yeah. before <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. uh, i definitely like we were sidetracked what we were talking about before we were talking about success <laughs> okay yeah um so like yeah we were talking about the way that we as daughters right we are kind of expected to wait and until we're married you can do your stuff you can have your life like growing up my dad was always like don't think about boys right now don't think about anything right now just go to school do the thing get married and then you can travel you can do this you can do that you can do all these things but it's like why does marriage have to be a measure of freedom Mm -hmm. you know and that's i feel like maybe that pushes people to get married really early too to people that they might not be you know, suited for yeah. at the same or time. Or you can get married Why can't before you... they're ready to get married. Right, right. Because that can also lead to a lot more problems than not. You know, that can lead to you marrying someone that you don't know, you don't know very well. A lot of, like, domestic abuse. It can lead to you marrying someone, like, that just isn't for you. Mm-hmm. And, mm no. Nah. And, like, I, I don't even know what the right amount of dating is supposed to be, but I... I hold on to what my mom told me when I was, you know, like 18 and even like still tells me now that like marriage isn't about love. For her, marriage was about being able to live with a person's worst quality. Mm-hmm. So if you can see that whole person and say, all right, I can't live with this, I can't stand this, you probably shouldn't marry them. But if you've seen the worst of them and you can still see yourself with them, you can live with it and you can still love them, then then you probably could get married with someone, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like... That's, that's the way I see it, too. I feel like this podcast may have veered into kind of depressing, and I apologize for that. I don't think it's... Huh? I don't think it's depressing. I think it's kind of depressing. I think the topic as a whole, like, it can seem kind of like a lot, and I feel like sometimes when children of immigrants, or particularly daughters of immigrants, hear the term marriage, they get discouraged or they don't want to <laughs> talk about it at all. And... Yeah, that's true. That's it's true. one of those things where, like, even you, you and I have had times where we're like, oh, "That's not a topic." We're like, "This is not not even something we want to think about." Yeah, but then there are also moments when I've definitely looked at my Pinterest board. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's my that's gonna be my wedding dress." You know, you see my dress and the ring <laughs> yeah, I want. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's be real. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and I already have like a bunch of really attractive, sick dudes on my Instagram that I'm about to ship you with. Oh, so. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely that's that's exactly what i need you're just gonna walk in there i feel like i'm gonna get married just so you can have your dream bollywood wedding 
Oh, absolutely. Boli Chudia. I'm here for it. You don't think... I'm not playing around. Like, I'm pretty sure I can learn the dance. Like, I don't know you what can it go is for about it. You can in Bollywood movies, but we vibe... You can my entire wedding. I literally don't... We can have an entire episode on weddings. But that's not the point. The point I think we're talking about is success. And I feel like we just have to get to a point, I feel like, something that our parents... I feel like have done an okay job with I but I think it's something that we can work mm-hmm. towards by having a conversation with them is not measuring our success by our ability to get married or whether we Absolutely. get married but rather by through our own yeah. worth and I feel like my father is definitely there and my mom just needs mm-hmm. we need more communication for push. her to get there yeah and I think I get why she's not there though like even though like, my mom, for example, she wished that she maybe had gotten married at a different time. She still really, really wants marriage for mm-hmm. me. And I think it's because of the joy that having children and a family does. Yeah, and also, it's about social validation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is about social validation. Your community is going to expect that from you. And so, it, I, I understand where it comes from. The fear of your daughter not being, being ostracized by her community mm-hmm. is a hard thing to swallow. And, like... But at the same time, my mom extremely values my education a lot. And I cannot speak for a lot of other women. I know that, like, their parents would probably want them married mm-hmm. instead of going to school. So that's something I'm very grateful for. Yeah. And, like, like we're not we're not against the institution of marriage. Not even. No, absolutely not. I just think that not. we want to be allowed to dream. Mm-hmm. That be allowed to dream more of more than marriage. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah. again, like, we are so privileged to be in the position that we are because like we have parents that are like literally paying for us to get college educations and then they want us Mm -hmm. to have incredible and fulfilling careers this is just something on the side that we think is interesting that we're honestly very confused by (laughs) yeah okay i think it's also because marriage for young women was also an economic move Mm -hmm. too right like I if I I'm pretty sure if I was back home I I'd be married by now. Oh, I'd I would definitely be a lot closer than or I am now. Or engage. Yeah, and I think it's because of economics. And I mean, I'm pretty lucky in my situation that in my mom's tribe, uh, you don't really like pay a dowry. The mm-hmm. man kind of does that, so it's different by tribe in Cameroon. So there isn't that the big issue that you were talking to about mm-hmm. in regards to India, but I. I have moments when I'm like, marriage scares the crap out of me, having to figure out my life with someone. And you know, the really interesting thing is that we didn't actually talk about the person that we'd be getting, we'd be married to. It's about like the the social and cultural meaning of marriage. Because he's irrelevant. The dude comes later. Because he's irrelevant. It's what matters. Let me tell you the order in which this matters. The order in which this matters is the social and cultural, impl- no, sorry. Mm-hmm. Our personal relationship with marriage is first. Yeah. Then it is how our parents perceive us getting married. Then For it's real. the food at our weddings. Mm, absolutely. Then it's our wedding dress. Because if those two might be interchangeable, mm-hmm. but for me, the the food is definitely more important than how I look. The food is because mo- I've been to some nasty weddings where the bride looks amazing, but she's feeding me crap. No one Excuse me, anything ma'am. about a wedding except for the food about and the dancing. Dress. So yeah. Nobody's going to remember your dress. Nobody's going to remember your venue. I'm going to remember the f- nasty food you served me. I'm going to remember the Blend food chicken and breast. the experience. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. the food, 
the dress is after that and then i forgot my train of thought damn it it was something else the dude the dude is at at some point the dude has to come he's at the very bottom at the very bottom yeah yeah he he won't be there the entire time you know of the marriage and maybe after with kids and everything Mm -hmm. but he's like the least important part of it isn't he yeah now i i actually it's weird i'm actually pretty excited for mine just because i want to have a trapeze at my wedding you're gonna have a what (laughs) you hear me right i'm gonna be swinging from the air (laughs) you can barely walk on a balance beam look i've already been thinking about it you know the greatest showman Mm -hmm. the the song tightrope yes ma'am i literally did a whole choreography in my head about how during the song i'll be flying around in the reception hall and i'll be like lip singing it's the greatest showman Doing some Cirque du Soleil stuff. Now I'm ready for it. So what I'm scheduling, what I'm hearing is when I'm scheduling out your wedding, I'm going to have to include time for an emergency room visit. Absolutely. Okay, sounds good. At least I know. (laughs) At least you know. At least I know. At least you're aware. But also, we'll have a safety. Before we continue, I'd just like to point it out that I don't want any part in planning my wedding. I literally could not care less. I just care that there's good food and that there's good dancing. And the only thing I want to have an opinion in is like what I'm wearing. Besides that, I literally do not care. This is the one time in my life where I'm glad I'm brown because it means my parents will plan my wedding for me. Yeah, I don't get to plan yours. Do I even want to plan mine? Loki, I I want to plan someone else's, but I don't want to plan mine. You know what I want? You know what we're excited about? You know we told you we told you guys a couple weeks ago that one of our friends is getting married. This is like my first white wedding I'm attending. It's probably gonna really be excited. The because, only white wedding I ever attend. Right, like we're gonna be doing some white stuff. There's, I and think I'm there's like gonna be really the chicken excited for the reception. What? What's what's the chicken dance? Oh my god. Have you never seen that? No, I think okay, no no. I remember the st I just don't remember the actual okay. I didn't know that people did this at weddings. He said that that would be Is this their version of the electric slide? Or we're I'm not doing the chicken dance. we're gonna put is this their version of the electric slide? The electric slide is also a very white thing, but okay. Um or the cupid the cupid shuffle is also Or the cupid shuffle. Is this their version of the cupid shuffle? No, it's No the cupid shuffle is not white. Something you do. Like it's all those dances that you learn. They've gentrified it. That's also they've gentrified it, but it's not white. All the things that you do at middle school dances, all of that will be happening at her wedding. So we'll be square dancing. Alright. When did you square dance? I square danced in elementary school. Okay. We did like the dosido. Woo! I, I'm sorry. <laughs> we did the Cotton Eye Joe. I feel like that was fun. I'd be down to do that. It's also very possible that COVID will make it so that we can't actually dance at her wedding. So who knows? Right. Who knows? But yeah, I think uh, we're at this point, we're rambling. So <laughs> I think this is a good point to yeah. stop. Uh, guys, thank you for you know showing up to our little wedding conversation, um, marriage conversation. I don't have anything insightful to end with. Do you? Um, wear sunscreen. Na 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 na. On that note, we're out. Have a lovely rest of your week, everyone. Thank you for lending us your ears. Bye bye. Bye.